What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. And today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Chatri Sichitong, the CEO of One Championship, uh, as he prepares for the biggest card, I would say, in the history of One Championship as they make their US debut uh, here on May 5th. Chatri, I really appreciate you joining me. How are you today? Good, good. I will correct you. That's not, It's not the biggest card we've ever done in history. It's well, a good card. One X? But it's not the, it's, it's not the biggest. Is one X the biggest? Did you say one X? One century? One century? Yeah, we we we've had much bigger cards. Okay, that that's fair enough. But maybe on a on a global scale of where it's on Amazon, it's in the US and all, and all of that. I, yeah, I, I I definitely saw that one X. I think one one of our cards of the year yeah, last year. So that was an unbelievable card as well. So that is uh, that is definitely fair enough. And I'm actually interested that you actually answered that way because. I was speaking to Roberto Saldic the other day and I was asking him about, you know, the decision to sign with one championship and obviously he had offers from everywhere and he could have signed for anywhere else. And he basically said, like, the way that you treated him, the way that you went to, to kind of Croatia and the kind of the martial arts way that one championship does things was a big factor for him. So for you as the, the promoter, as the CEO, in a world where we're full of slap fighting and YouTuber boxing and insanity like that, how tough is this? Or, or how, uh, you know, how was the decision made to actually stick to martial arts, stick to like the, the fighter driven, the fight driven promotion instead of maybe switching to, to that sort of stuff like a lot of other people have? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm a lifelong martial artist. So, you know, um, for me, this is, is, is much more than uh, a work or a job or, or passion. This is, this is like, you know, my greatest love in life. And uh, I want to represent, uh, authentic martial arts at the highest levels in the world, you know, in its purest form, um, you know, w- with the greatest martial arts on the planet. So, you know, Roberto is right. I mean, I, I obviously he and I get along very well and he, I do believe he's going to be the next uh, big global superstar in martial arts. Um, you know, we started off, our DNA is, 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 is 180 degrees opposite from anything that exists uh, in the U.S. And it's, you know, we're really excited. This is the first time obviously coming to the U.S. on ground. But, um, you know, bring, we're bringing the entire world of martial arts to America uh, in a way that's never been seen before. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we've always been true to our, to our, uh, mantra of home of martial arts and, and, and that's who we are. And, you know, it, it, in many ways, um, one was, uh, built by martial artists, um, uh, for our martial arts, for our martial artists and, and, and obviously for the fans all over the world. Uh, I wonder, have you met people, even like myself, you know, who've been an MMA fan for years. And when we started watching one championship and especially recently, where there is mixed martial arts mixed with obviously jiu-jitsu with Mikey Musumeci and others, Muay Thai and kickboxing as well, that have actually enjoyed it. Like, I'll speak for myself, like I wouldn't watch a lot of Muay Thai, a lot of kickboxing, but when the fights come on on a one championship card, I've I've started to get into it. I've started enjoying it. And the people, I'm not just saying this because you're in front of me, the people who listen to my previews will, will know this as well. Because I said, have you heard other people saying that? And it's actually helped like the other martial arts as well as mixed martial arts. Yeah, I know for sure. Like, uh, like I said, you know, there's one thing I know. Everybody in the world wants to see the very, very best in the world. So that's what we have at one. We have the very, very best mixed martial arts, the very, very best strikers, the very, very best grapplers on the planet. Um, and, and so, 
you know, it's very much like the Olympics of martial arts. If you want to see the best of the best, the greatest on the planet um, across all these different disciplines, um, it's, it's one, you know, there is only one place where you can find all of this. Um, it, it, you know, and another thing I'll tell you is our 70% finish rate. So we have the highest finish rate, you know, uh, of any of the global, uh, the other two global uh, organizations. And we're very proud of it because our world champions come to fight um, and they come to finish. And that's a big, big differentiation uh, from the other two organizations. Now that you're coming to the US as well, I know, and I want to talk about uh, the, the judging in a second because I think it's, it's obviously very interesting. I think that might have a part to do in, in the big finishing round. Coming to the US, is the regulation going to be a little bit different? Like, is the judging going to be the same as it is for the Asian events? Is the weight cutting going to be the same? Is the rule set going to be the same? Have they everything? Everything, everything is going to be the same. The Colorado Athletic Commission has blessed everything that uh, one does, and uh, is is the first state to um, bring in the global rule set, including every step of our hydration process, our testing protocol, everything. Um, and, uh, you know, many other states, um, are following, I mean, we'll, we'll be announcing, um, shortly in the, in the future. On uh, just a couple of those things on the weight cutting, obviously MMA unpointed a, a video on your weight cutting and Rich Franklin, um, took part in that. And I, I give massive credit, uh, for being open about it and, and, you know, having Rich Franklin speak about it. Obviously, I think everyone would agree that something needs to be done about weight cutting and we'll credit uh, one championship for trying to do something about weight cutting. Uh, at a point now where you're a few years in and, and using the hydration test, do you think it's working? Do you think it's it's achieving the goal you want? To? Is it something you're going to persist with? Is there any changes you would like to make from, from your side who sees all the data and is part of it all the time? How do you see it? Well, you know, whenever you bring about positive change uh, to any industry, there's always going to be, um, you know, a little bit of uh, resistance from the the uh, the status quo. Um, so we do see that. But then once uh, a, a new athlete joins the one system, you know, all of our athletes love it because you're just healthier. You don't take out 20 pounds of water weight during fight week. You're at your natural weight the whole time. We're checking hydration before, during, and after. Uh, sorry, before. Uh, uh, sorry, we, we're checking hydration levels during fight week and then post the fight as well. So I think uh, American fans may or may not know this, but we actually check um, your hydration and weight levels right after the fight. So you finish the fight, you go back to the locker room to the medical checkups, and there is the hydration and the um, the scale. So we're making sure that it's, it's you know, almost impossible to cheat because you have to, you know, be on weight and be on hydration throughout the week. And then on top of it, right after the fight. Is there any, uh, you know, we speak all the time about, about weight cutting and maybe ways to, to solve it. And I think a lot of people have the idea, whether it's, it's right or wrong to like test people year round, you know, maybe four times a year out of camp in camp to test people's weight, to test people's hydration and like, organize them into weight classes which i think one championship would probably find it easier to do than anyone else i'm looking at the website and the rankings it's very organized and i feel like that's something that one championship could do as well is that something you've looked into or do you do you think the fight week hydration test and the post fight hydration test serve that purpose no i i, I think it's unrealistic to do that throughout the year because i mean 
Some people train throughout the year. Some people don't. Some people stay in shape uh, throughout the year. Some people don't. Um, and, you know, if you go on a month on vacation, you're going to gain weight. And, you know, so so it throws things off. So I think the the most realistic is um, and most implementable is what, we, what we're doing right now is basically checking your weight uh, multiple times and your hydration multiple times during fight week. And then directly right after your fight, when you right when you're done, you get you go to the medicals and right there is is, is the hydration and, and the weight testing. I would ask you about the, the judging. Obviously, you fight in uh, in rounds like we would see in the UFC or Bellator or wherever else, but it's the fight is scored as a whole. And, you know, I, I'm someone who's concentrated a lot on judging and the scoring criteria over the last couple of years. And to be honest, I came into it with, with a, a bit of a negative mindset, but I, I honestly, I like it. I, I do like it. I think it's a little bit different. I do think it works for, for one championship. For you, that decision to score the fight as a whole is it something as well that you look at and think maybe okay is that working is it not working should i change the the the, the 10 point must system and scorers uh, round by round what, is that a kind of an ongoing chatter between yourself maybe rich franklin other people as well or do you think oh no no, no, we're, no we're, we're very very happy with okay. um everything everything i mean uh you know it's been 11 years in the making so i don't want to make it sound like you know we just started this thing and we're happy with it it's been 11 years of you know, going through thousands of matches and and, and figuring things out, um, and, and coming to a to a, a really good place where you have ex- extreme excitement. Um, you have you know fighters who are healthy, who love competing at one, who give it their all. You have uh, you know just a, a barn burners of fights, and most of all, you have seventy percent finish rates. And here's the thing, right? If you um, the 10-point must system, um, unfortunately, can allow for the gaming of a fight, meaning that you have a three-round fight, last 10 seconds, you'd go for double leg takedown, and you just lay and pray. You do that three rounds in a row, you, quote-unquote, can win the fight. That is no longer martial arts to me. That's no longer fighting. That's a game. That's no different than hide-and-seek or tag. Um, and that is the fundamental problem today. Uh, in my opinion, it, and, and that's why you, you have a lower uh, finish rate. But if a fight is scored as a whole, you're not allowed to bank any rounds off of playing this kind of like, um, you know, hide and seek or tag game. You have to inflict damage. You have to finish fights. Those are the main criteria, right? I mean, near submission, near knockouts um, and damage are the, are the top criteria. Um, and it's no different than if you see, and this is what I mean about the ethos of martial arts that, that that's, we used to preserve at one. When martial arts was first invented, it was for self-defense. It was to, you know, hand-to-hand combat. If someone is threatening your life or going to do you harm, you're able to finish the confrontation in the event that it had escalated to physical, uh, uh, physicality. That is the, the underlying uh, goal of martial arts. To finish a fight but over time as you know martial arts became more and more gamified and, and turned into sport we've kind of lost the essence of martial arts and that's what one represents again it's it's a home of martial arts and, and we showcased uh, some of the greatest martial arts on the planet across all these different disciplines and they have one mindset in 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 in, in that one thing is like they're lifelong martial arts who come to finish and that is something again that is very true um, to the essence of martial arts. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. 
one is bringing something entirely different. Um, we're super excited to showcase it to our American fans, um, to all American fans. Uh, and I guarantee they've never seen anything like it. It's, it's, it's something that's, whether it's our production value, whether it's our athletes, whether it's a different styles, whether it's the 70% finish rate, fans are in for a huge treat. Uh, we're bringing the entire world to America. And let's talk about the fight. Let's talk about the, the main event, Demetrius Johnson uh, versus Adriano Moraes. Obviously, the third meeting between the two. And I have a theory on this. I want, I want to get your thoughts on it. I feel like the first fight it for Demetrius Johnson it was very hard to adjust to the rules. And obviously, where the, you can knee a grounded opponent, and he was knocked out with that. And I think he's been had a couple of years now. He's adjusted to the rules, and he's trained more on it. And I think he has become a better one championship fighter than obviously. The, in my opinion, the greatest fighter of all time, but he had to adjust to it. And I think that's an interesting thing as well. When people come to one championship, I said, uh, you know, the, the same thing with, with, with Saldic and others as well. My theory, do you, do, do you think that there's a possibility in that theory? I know not away from Adriano Moraes, but the fact that he had fought in one championship, do you think that was a little bit of an advantage for him that he took into that and fight? Maybe, maybe he still has. No, I, I, I really don't see it. You know, um, at the end of the day, when you're in there, um, especially like DJ, who, who comes to finish fights, um, he, he, he doesn't kind of gamify. I, I would agree with you if your, your fight style was all predicated on gamification, meaning at the end, end of 10 seconds, at the last 10 seconds of every round, you, you, you lay and pray. But if you've always been a finisher, um, rule set should be, be almost irrelevant. Um, and, and, and I just think that you have two of the very, very best flyweights on the planet, uh, go at it. And that's why they're one apiece. And, and again, what makes this intriguing for me is, you know, the first one ended in a, in a, in a KO, uh, by knee and the second one ended by KO by knee. So, you know, the third one, I don't know, maybe it has to be a double flying knee or something. Um, but you know, both athletes it's razor close. If you look at the fights, um, both fights were back and forth, very, very close fights. They were not uh, lopsided in any way. And, and um, I think um, that's a testament to, to, to both athletes. They come to finish. They're the best of the best. And they, and it's, it's always been exciting with, with, with these two. I don't think there's an adjustment period. Genuinely, again, if your style was lame prey and, 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 trying to win by by points a you wouldn't have gotten signed to one that you know they, you, you, we, we're just not interested in those kind of fighters um but b um um you just don't if you're a natural finisher the one champion rule set is perfect for you as someone you know you're talking about martial arts a, a lot as someone who really tries to stick to that how how great is it for you to promote demetrius johnson because we can talk about, you know, we can have the debate who's the greatest fighter and all this. But I, I, I don't think there's any debate. If you're talking about martial, mixed martial artists, the, his ability, the way he's carried himself throughout the years, Demetrius Johnson is the greatest. It must be an absolute privilege for you to actually work with him and have him on the cards that you promote. Yeah. For me, the two greatest uh, mixed martial artists are, are DJ and uh, George St. Pierre. And I'm talking from a, as a lifelong martial artist, judging their skill set. Forget their credentials for a second. Forget their um, achievements for a second. If you just look at them 
in terms of their striking, in terms of their ground game, in terms of their transition, their cage work. If you just look at their entire game, they're complete. And, and, you know, whether it's DJ, whether it's GSP, you know, I'd give the edge to D, uh, to uh, to uh, DJ just because he's he's a little bit more smoother, a little faster and slicker. Um, but he's almost he's perfection. DJ is perfection. I mean, it, you know, and, and I envy it because you know, I've been doing Muay Thai for 38 years and Jiu Jitsu for about 16 years. And my smoothness will never be anywhere close to DJ's, you know. Um, no matter how much more longer I, 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 I uh, train, but th- that's what I mean. I, I look at it through the lens of how good are they actually technically? Um, and then of course, when you layer in the fact that DJ went for, I don't know, 12, 12, uh, fights, uh, uh sorry, defenses undefeated or something like that. And, um, you look at the fact that he, won the World Grand Prix in one. Yes, he didn't win the one world title in his, in his first attempt, but in his second time he did. If you look at his body of work, I think there's no question that DJ is the GOAT because he's won in, at the highest levels uh, on the east side, on, on the west, and on the east. Um, you know, he's captured the two most prestigious belts in martial arts full stop. And um, no other athlete can say that. No other athlete on the planet can say that. So it, it, it's something that's, uh, you know, for DJ. But again, you know, people like to look at accolades and achievements and all that stuff. But again, you you have to strip that away first and say, look, does this person have the skills that would qualify you as just there's another X factor. He, he or she's on a Michael Jordan level, you know, on another level. DJ has that. And then, of course, when you layer in everything else, um, I think he is the the goat i couldn't agree more and i think one thing people forget as well about Demetrius johnson is he won i think 13 fights as a bantamweight before the 125 pound division even existed and you know they always like to say oh he didn't go up and wait and all but i i think that's ridiculous because he, he got all the way to, to dominic cruz who was so dominant at the time as well that was an unbelievable achievement itself and i think he's still undersized even to this day i think you know if the 115 pound division that you have was there a few years ago i think he could have been fighting in that but we will uh, maybe that's maybe that's a debate for another day but um another couple of fights i just wanted to touch on quickly and, and i appreciate your your time here uh roberto Saldich, obviously mentioned him earlier on we had the Ramazana fight obviously it ended in the low blow what was the thinking of making the Kalisam fight now and not making the rematch against Ramazana for for Saldich uh we wanted to do the rematch uh, right away but um it's Ramadan so Murad has specifically asked if if he could do the rematch before Ramadan and the problem is uh Roberto was still recovering um from his injury his, his groin injury actually took a month and a half or so, or maybe even two months to recover from. Um, so it was actually quite, quite dramatic, quite traumatic. Um, so the timing just didn't work out. Otherwise we would have done the rematch right away. Um, and then, and, and uh, yeah, so it's just, you know, Murad will be fighting, I think later this summer. Um, he'll be back in action. Of course, we'd love to put Roberto and Murad uh, back in action. So it's just a timing thing. Uh, and also, you know, um, Roberto was ready to go for May, you know, you know, uh, whereas Ramadan is just ending right now. And, and, and um, I don't think Murad would have had enough time to, to, to get it into peak, uh, peak shape. It's almost a blessing in disguise because I've, I've watched uh, Sebastian a good bit over the last couple of years. And he's, I think, a similar fighter to Saldic in that he 
goes for it on the feed, lands a lot of big shots. He has power. Like for the people maybe who are tuning in for Demetrius Johnson, this is a fight you probably need to be tuning in for a little bit earlier. This could be an absolute banger on the feed, isn't it? Oh no, there's no question. Roberto Soldic versus uh, um, Sebastian Karastam is KO striker versus KO striker. Both are very technical with huge power. Um, and so it's going to be a treat for the fans. I mean, there is no way this fight is going to go the distance. Somebody's going to get knocked out. Mark my words. And it's going to be a barn burner. It's going to come out, guns a-blazing. Um, and I believe Karastam was the one who called out Roberto when Roberto's first signed to one. Um, yeah. Talk to us about Sage Narco, uh, Chatri. Obviously, when, when he signed with one championship, I think a lot of people were excited to see Sage and, and his improvements. Another guy who's, I think, no one would question his, uh, his martial, art, martial arts ability, but maybe, you know, getting the experience as a mixed martial artist, and it's been a really tough time for him with injury and everything like that. What do you expect to see from Sage? Obviously, here he's fighting on, on May 5th, but over the next year or two as well, is it now really time for Sage to kick on in his career and go to the next level? You know, I love Sage. I truly believe Sage has all everything. It, 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 he has everything uh, and more in terms of what it takes to become a world champion um, and, a, and a world champion across multiple dis- disciplines for that matter. If you talk to anyone who's trained with Sage, if you've ever seen Sage spar, you'll know he has unbelievable athleticism, cardio, explosiveness, speed balance, um, and of course, uh, technical ability. You know, he's, he's, he's an unbelievable uh, striker. He's great wrestling, uh, un- outstanding uh, jiu-jitsu. Um, it's just unfortunate he had a bad, bad, you know, start in one. So this is going to be a huge comeback story. Of course, there's a lot of questions. You know, fans are going to be asking, you know, where is Sage mentally? You know, when, you're, when you've been knocked out like that, coming back, you may or may not be the same person, genuinely. You may be gun shy. But at the same time, you know, Sage is one of these, you know, one in eight billion kind of athletes. He's just, he's just, a, he's, for lack of a word, he is a specimen, you know? Um, so I, I think Sage is, is, is uh, going to come back spectacularly, but he has a very tough fight, you know? Uh, Ahmed uh, Mushtaba is, is, is no joke. Um, he's got uh, aggressive KO power, uh, and he's pretty slick on the ground. Um, and I believe he's training at AKA right now. So, you know, it's going to be a barn burner of a fight, but um, a lot of questions will be answered um, with this fight on, on Sage's potential to become a world champion and whether it's still there or not. I, I, I would tend to agree with that. Chacha, I really appreciate the time. Last thing for me. As we look forward, is there any is there any fights? Give us a bit of news here. Is there any fights that you can break for us going forward? Obviously, the, the heavyweight uh, fight between Buller and Malyak, and that's something that we, we will surely be happening later in the year. But I know uh, Rene de Ritter is on this card as well. What's next for him? Obviously, you know, with, with, with Christian Lee as well, and I would love to get an update in the Lee family if you have that for us as well. But he obviously is a, a, a champion of two weight classes. What is going to be happening there? Have you any updates, I suppose, on all, all the championship belts, if you could run us through it? So I was in Hawaii uh, three weeks ago, around three weeks ago, uh, to visit uh, the Lee family and, and, and to pay my respects to uh, Victoria um, and her and her resting place. Um, and you know, there's a lot of healing um, to do. You know, um, as a family, as individuals, 
And I think the best thing that I can do and everyone else around the world is to, you know, show our love and support to the Lee family um, and give them the space and, and time uh, to grieve and to heal. Um, beyond that, I, I don't have any other um, answers. But I did have a, a brief chat with Angela about um, just out of respect or letter, letting her know that, look, you know, take your time. You know, whether you come back or not, I have no idea if you're going to come back. Take your time, though. In the meanwhile, if it's okay, you know, I asked for permission. It's, if it's okay, we're going to do an interim uh, fight um, just so that we don't slow the division. I haven't had that talk with Christian yet, but I will have that talk, um, you know, in the coming days or weeks. Um, you know, he and I are, are, are quite close. And um, I just need to pick up the phone. I just have that time. But, you know, I want to give him that courtesy as well. Like, and, and there is a chance that we never see Angela and Christian ever again um, in, in the cage. It's very possible. Um, you know, I, I, again, I just can't imagine the pain and suffering and devastation, you know, uh, of losing a little sister. Um, especially, you know, the, the Lee family is super close. It's, you know, really loving family. Um, so yeah, when, when I visited, I, I could, it, it was just, um, just very, very, it was devastating. Yeah. I, I think the whole MMA community felt that obviously at, at the turn of the year and it's, it's very, very sad. And, uh, I think we would all agree to give them the, the time that you, uh, you spoke about there and give them their, their privacy as well. Uh, we will leave it there, Tashi. I really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck with the, the fights on uh, May 5th. I'm sure everyone will be tuning in on uh, on Amazon in, in the US and Canada and uh, worldwide as well on, on the One Championship uh, website. Thank you very much for your time today, and uh, I'll, I'll speak to you again. Thank you so much. And American fans, tune in. May 5th, free on Amazon Prime. America, you're going to see real martial arts at the highest levels in the world across multiple disciplines. Three world title fights coming to you free on Amazon Prime, 8 p.m. Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, May 5th. Let's go. Thank you. Lovely. Thanks very much, Atri.